Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. Romans 1.16 If this is true, the gospel is extremely important to us and the work that we are called to do. We want to live the gospel. We want to preach the gospel. We want to believe it. We want to apply it in our lives. The question is, where did the gospel start? Did it start in the Old Testament? Did Jesus teach the gospel? And was the gospel taught in the epistles? The answer to that is, we find them in each of those three places. The Bible calls the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, we want to look at three things, the gospel in the Old Testament, the gospel preached by Jesus, and the gospel after the resurrection. Hi, this is Robert Furrow, and welcome to Hot Topics. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Let's start by talking about what the Greek word gospel means. It's euangelion, and euon literally means good. Delion is the word for message, so good message. Jelion is also the Greek word for angels who were called messengers. So the Bible tells us that Jesus preached the good news, the good message. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the good message. It is a good message and not to be neglected by the church today. We're to set our hearts and minds upon our God and serve him and follow him, believing the things that he has told us to live in the gospel of Christ. So let's take a look at these three things about the gospel. And at the end of the video, we'll talk about what this means personally to us. Let's start with the gospel in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 52, 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says in Zion, God reigns. Now remember, this is Isaiah. And he's telling us that the feet are beautiful who bring the good news and that it proclaims salvation. So all the way back in the Old Testament was this concept that the good news was going to be brought and how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring it. Listen to this passage out of Isaiah 55 verses 6 and 7 that talks about people turning from their sin and turning to God and finding forgiveness from him. Listen to what it says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. What a great promise. And that promise, of course, is fulfilled in Christ. Now, if you're going to go to the Old Testament to prove the gospel of Jesus Christ, you would definitely go to Isaiah 53. I just want to read verses four through six. There's a lot more here about the gospel, but listen to what it says and see how clearly it talks about the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sins, which is part of the gospel. It says in Isaiah 53, four and six, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Listen to this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. What a great promise. All of us like sheep have gone astray. 
It reminds us of the New Testament telling us that each of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the promise that Jesus died for our sins, it was foretold first in the Old Testament. One more passage that helps us to understand the gospel from the Old Testament is Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And this tells us that a child is going to be born, that a son is going to be given. Listen to what it says about this child who would be born into the world, who we know would be the Messiah. Just listen to his description. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the child, this given son would be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You can build the case for Jesus sacrificing his life for a child being born, for God becoming human, that he can make peace for us with the living God. The second thing that we need to look at is the good news taught by Jesus. What did Jesus teach? Jesus proclaimed the gospel early in his ministry. Listen to what it said in Mark 1.1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, we often think of gospels as the four gospels, but the word gospel, meaning good message, has a particular emphasis to it. And we find out a little bit more about it in verse 15. This is Mark 1.15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to the Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So he connects it to believing just as the epistles are going to do, just as Jesus is going to do later on, that we have to believe in him. Not just believe that he exists, but put our hope and our trust in him. Believe what he says, invite him into our lives, and begin to live for him. Now, as we make our way through the Gospels, we find several places that Jesus teaches that good message. He said in John 8:24, Therefore I said to you, that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So Jesus now preaches the gospel that he is the only way and you have to believe in him. And if you don't believe that he is the Messiah, then you will die in your sins. Remember that in the Old Testament, it had said that the gospel was a message of salvation. Listen to what Jesus said in John 3.17. This is right after John 3.16, which is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But then right after that, the next verse says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. The name Jesus means salvation. Joshua in Hebrew, it is salvation and salvation brought salvation. And he came into the world that the world through him might be saved. Now, Jesus also teaches the transforming power of the word of God. We see this in the New Testament. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. That means we are transformed and we begin living as a whole new person Jesus was the first one to talk about this in John 3.3 3, as he had his conversation with Nicodemus. 
Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. What a thought. We have to be born by the spirit. We have to be born by the flesh. He would go on to say that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You were born of the flesh because you're here, but have you ever been born of the spirit? Have you been born again? If you don't, Jesus said, you will not see the kingdom of God. Jesus also taught clearly late in his ministry that you had to believe in him in order to be saved. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Not only did he say, you have to believe in me to live, but he asked Martha if she believed it. Because you have to say, yes, I believe it. I want to live for you. I don't know if saying yes is the point of salvation, but believing it is. And he asked her, do you believe this? The last thing that we want to look at when it comes to Jesus and the gospel is that he told us to preach the gospel everywhere we go. We were handed over the gospel. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the light that lights the world and should not be put under a basket. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15 and 17, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. There it is from the words of Jesus. You have to believe. Once you believe, you will be baptized. Baptism isn't salvation, but you will be. And then it says, if you don't believe, then you will be condemned. The final section that I want us to look at is the gospel taught after the resurrection. And we find it first of all in the book of Acts, when Paul is in a Philippian jail and there's an earthquake and the, the door to the jail swings open and the jailer's gonna kill himself because he'll have to answer to the prisoners who escaped. And Paul cries out to him, we're all here. And he comes running in and brings them out and dresses their wounds. Listen to what it said. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. There it is. What must I do to be saved? The Old Testament said, beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news of salvation. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if his family believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, they would be saved as well. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul gives us the gospel. And as he does this, it's believed that this was an early creed that the early church said so that they would remember what the gospel was. So Paul says in verse one, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which you also are saved. Notice there, you have to receive it. You stand in it. You are saved by it. It was preached to you. So you had to receive it. You couldn't, it wasn't enough just to hear it, but you have to receive it and then stand in it. I want to read that again. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in you which you stand by which you also are saved if you hold fast to the word which I have preached to you unless you believed in vain. That is, it's possible for some to believe and not put their trust in God, to believe what he said, but not really follow him. And then he says this, for I delivered to you 
First of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. It was foretold in the book of Isaiah. It was foretold in other places that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And again, the Old Testament foretold that the Messiah would rise again. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to this present day, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and then by the apostles. Then least of all was seen by me also as one born out of due time. In other words, not only was there the gospel, but there were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Christ, which was foretold in the Old Testament. We have good reason to believe what God's word says and live for it. Now, Romans chapter 10 breaks down what happens when we believe. We've seen that Jesus teaches you have to believe in me, that after the resurrection, the apostles taught believe in Christ, receive and stand in that word. We saw that in the Old Testament, it foretold the child who would be given, the one who would take place for our sins. And so Romans 10, 8 through 13 clarifies it. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which you preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you confess, he's my Lord. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And even though it's supernatural, there is evidence that that tomb was empty on the third day. He goes on to say, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made for salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jews or Greek. The gospel is for everyone, Jews and Gentiles. It goes on to say, For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called upon the name of the Lord? And we see that not only did the apostles preach the same gospel that Jesus preached, but that Jesus preached the same gospel that was foretold in the Old Testament. Number one, the gospel is salvation. You will live eternally. You will live for Christ. And eternal life is not just the length of days. It's the quality of life. Number two, the gospel involves believing. You must believe in him. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accredited him righteousness and that he is the father of all of those who believe. You have to say, I believe in Jesus and begin living for him and you will be transformed. And remember, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon his name and let people know this is the gospel. People can gain eternity. People can be saved by the good news that is brought to us. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.